0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Time would pass Steph. step.
1: due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was, let's talk about it, Tuesday, Church Folk Day, and we are Still, in the midst of the My Two Cents segment, as we've been discussing of uh, the HBO Max miniseries, Love and Death. Now, we're up to episode three, and oh my, oh my, oh my, this story of Andy Montgomery and Alan Gore, and their relationship has definitely taken a little turn. Yes. Excuse me. Well, last week, uh, Alan and his wife Betty went to a marriage retreat, and it seems like their marriage has picked up. Now, he has not told Candy yet that he wants to, you know, kind of focus on his marriage and leave this affair between him and her alone. Well, she calls him on this because he seems to be kind of dragging his feet As you know, what's going on with him and her? Well, she, you know, she puts his, uh, puts the test out there and mm, when she says she's gonna go she's shocked when he says okay well she definitely wasn't ready for that and uh, mm, the suspicion of Betty Gore, Alan's wife turns up so she's doing things that You know, you don't know it in the beginning But she's trying to throw some, you know, little uh, testers out there Well, at the same time Pat, who is Candy's husband Finds a letter from Alan That he wrote to Candy, Pat's wife in the beginning stages of their little rendezvous. And uh, i got to tell you, it was not the normal response that we are accustomed to. Yes, he takes this matricon as he goes and approaches the girlfriend. And his girlfriend, Sherry, yeah, well, Sherry is a dodo. Because instead of her saying she doesn't know about anything, she spills the beans and she tells Pat that it's over, and candy, you know, doesn't have any more feelings. and I'm like, who tells all of the truth? Mind your business and just say you don't know. Well, she does know that. Oh my goodness gracious, well. In the meantime, you've got the poor little uh, little pastor, the new pastor, who has taken over the church. You know, he's all in his feelings because, you know, now that they've erected this huge sanctuary, now they've got to build the church. And, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to inherit. He doesn't know who's going to end up coming in. He's already been faced with those who have Laughed and all kinds Of things so he just You know huffs off in some Little hissy fit So I don't know Brother Azy says He ain't ready
0: He ain't ready
1: to hold down this church Wow A church for comment Or conversation Was about you know This whole you know, pastor taking over and the new people are walking off or, you know, giving you, you know, their attitudes and expecting you to kind of go their way and all kinds of things. And, you know, what do, you know, they feel, you know, as a pastor? You know, well, Pastor Charlene and Pastor Jeff, you know, they've been having some experiences in life. Well, they definitely weighed in on that, you know, and you know we understand that, you know the the uh this congregation might give you a hard time, but you definitely, definitely cannot storm off in some hissy fit. You either gotta decide to stand your ground, and you know, do what needs to be done. Or leave And that conversation You know kind of took place You know why do people Pastors Accept the behavior Of their congregation You know or Will they stick around And accept the You know behavior of the congregation Or try To straighten them out You know Um You think about all the stuff that pastors go through, and it it ain't no easy feat to deal with, you know, all these different personalities and, you know, Candy actually being very candid with her new pastor and telling him how she's going to lie, you know, to get business. And, you know, what, what do pastors do when you have congregants who are living like this? Well, you know, you got to try to set them straight, let them know what side of the fence that they really want to be on, and uh, I tell you, it's just amazing because, you know, we talked about the turnover rate in the churches and the fact that, you know, the, the, the fact of the pastor being hired... By the congregation Or the the trustee board Or whoever the board is And you know Pastor Charlene talked about how You know they Have a heavy turnover of pastors And they even lock the pastor out And Pastor Jeff said You know well they take it Because of the money You know so they'll take the chance on You know being locked out of the church Because right now When they're being hired the dollar signs sound good So they're not thinking about, you know, hey, what if this church kind of turns on me?
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it's, boy, this church folk business, we don't even talk about the church folk business as much as we talk about, as Pastor Jeff said, the juicy stuff, or let's put it this way. In the episodes, the juicy stuff takes up more time. But, boy, oh, boy, the, the, uh, the issues that are going on in the church and sure take up a whole lot of conversation time. You know, I tell you, wow. I advise you to go back and look at Episode 3, Stepping Stone, of that HBO Max miniseries, love and death. We are really getting a kick out of watching this true story unfold. Now, I'm going to give you the end of what happened yesterday. Wow. Candy goes over to Betty's house to pick up Betty's daughter's swimsuit because she's hanging out with Candy and her her daughter well Betty insists that Candy stay and have a seat and Candy does and Betty confronts her who's been sitting and seeing and sleeping with or whatever my husband Alan and she tells Candy after Candy initially denies it but her face gives it away she leaves the room and comes back with an axe yep Betty then lost her mind and she is now facing Candy with an axe she about to do some damage y'all talk about furniture moving Ooh-wee. I can't wait to see what happens In episode 4. So join us next week. Join us next week. As we uh, continue to watch. This story unfold. Alright. Wow. Today is. Wow Wednesday. And uh, you know what it is over here. You know how we do. The ladies take over. Well, we need to do some praying Because Minister Michelle is not that well And she's, you know, at the doctor And Elder Natisha's sister Is not doing that well And she's asking for prayer And we're going to have an abridged version Of It's Due Time with Pastor Steph today So uh, I'm not going to hold you much longer Because I know you're waiting for our girlfriend Vivian So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, make sure you go nowhere, because we will be right back. Five million Americans are living with Alzheimer's disease. And another 16 million husbands, wives, children, and friends are caregivers. But the right foods may help you prevent it. Vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans, the same foods that fight diabetes and heart disease can also keep your brain strong and memory sharp. Let's eat right to fight Alzheimer's. Visit eattofightalzheimers.org. morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. I'm giving God thanks that we're in the middle of the week. And uh, boy, this week is flying by. Praising God that we're able to be with one another. And uh, although things may not be exactly the way we wanted to be, we give God thanks because... Uh, we're here, and, uh, things are okay, alrighty, well, again, we're going to have a shortened version of his due time, with are past the stuff today, and tomorrow, by the way, and, uh, we're not going to waste any more of your time, we're going to get to our girl, Vivian, good morning, Viv. Good morning! Happy Wow well, Wednesday! How are you, Pastor Seth? I am actually well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good, that's good, that's good. What you got for us today? Alright, today on Social contest we are starting off with some weekend news. Unfortunately, not good news. As the holiday weekend ended, it ended with injuries and deaths. They're saying mass shootings in communities across the United States have killed over 20 people since Friday and injured more than 100. Out in Chicago, they're saying more than 70 people were shot, 13 fatally over the holiday weekend, including a father of four who was gunned down at a large family Father's Day park gathering. Police out in Chicago alone say at least 75 people were shot across the city and 51 separate incidents that occurred between 6 p.m. on Friday and 1159 p.m. on Monday. Out in Detroit, police confirmed they responded to at least nine different shooting scenes across the city. A total of 24 people were shot from Friday through Sunday, four of whom were pronounced dead in the string of shootings Uh, that started early Saturday morning. And this is just a couple of states and a couple of incidences to name a few. Again, they are referencing the increase in crimes and homicides since COVID, and we have some numbers. They are saying this year more than 800 children and teenagers have been killed by guns, which includes homicides and suicides. According to the Gun Violence Archive, they say we broke a record back in 2021 with the most deaths ever at 48,830 gun-related deaths. Of those deaths, 20,958 of them were homicides. So those are some really crazy numbers. And it's always sad to see these types of stories or see these types of numbers after any holiday weekend next I came across two interesting articles first starting with loneliness report say loneliness has been um, designated as an epidemic they say loneliness poses health risks as deadly as smoking a dozen cigarettes daily and is costing the health industry billions of dollars annually They say the declaration is intended to raise awareness around loneliness. So research shows that Americans who have become less engaged with, quote, worship housing, end quote, community organizations, and even their own family members in recent decades, have steadily reported an increase in feelings of loneliness, The number of single households has also doubled over the last 60 years, and of course, we know COVID-19 played a huge part, even getting any attention, let alone being declared an epidemic. They say loneliness, that the loneliness epidemic is hitting young people ages 15 to 24, especially hard. The age group reported a 70% drop in the time spent with friends during the same period, and that loneliness increases the risk of premature death by nearly 30%. So let's go to our next story before I ask my question. So the next article I came across was on anxiety and depression. They're saying that all young and middle-aged adults should be screened regularly regularly for anxiety and depression, even if you don't have any symptoms. So we know that during visits pretty much in most medical facilities, they ask you questions to assess your um, depression levels. And this has been put in practice since 2002. They are also saying that pregnant women and those who have given birth within the past year were also highlighted as people who should be screened as well. So they are saying this call to action comes as emotional stress has skyrocketed in recent years, increasing demands on the limited number of counselors and therapists nationwide. So this test that they're saying that people should do more regularly would include a questionnaire that doctors will be responsible for giving. So if both of these things come into light, my question for conversation is, Is this all a ploy of the man, as some people say, (laughs) all a ploy of the pharmaceutical industry to push meds and keep people dependent? Or is this real? Is this a real concern? And is this something that people need to pay attention to? Next, we have some positive news that there has been talked out in Georgia of a teacher that was on her way to receive the first home that has that will be built under the Moretta's Public Service Housing Program. So with the affordable housing crisis that is going on nationwide, the powers that be out in Georgia had the idea of coming up with the American Rescue Plan Act. They're saying that six lots of land has been donated as well as $500,000 from the American Rescue Plan Act for affordable housing to be opened up specifically for service workers. Construction on this first house in Great Street started this month. They say recipients like the Ms. Messany, the teacher, must meet all financial criteria and are obligated to help with the bills. They will have to pitch in 200 hours of sweat equity in order to receive their home. And again, that as well as meeting all financial requirements. So three homes will be built this year and three more will be built in 2024. So this is an interesting idea And I think that with mandating people to put in work to build their homes, maybe they will take more pride in their homes and in their neighborhoods, and they won't end up with project-like conditions with these new homes and communities. And hopefully this is an idea that other states will adopt. And now we have our wow story of the week. So a restaurant out in California has been ordered to pay $140,000 in back wages and damages to employees after it hired a fake priest to extract workers' confessions. Now I'm still trying to wrap my head around this and understand how this even happened. So they're saying that the U.S. Department of Labor said an employee testified that the restaurant owner, who also operates two other locations in Northern California, hired a fake priest to hear confessions during work hours and, quote, get the sins out, end quote, including asking them if they had been late for work stolen money from the restaurant or had bad intentions towards their employer. They also threatened to call immigration on employees if they spoke up. They say the managers denied employees overtime pay. Managers paid themselves bonuses from the employee tip pool. And again, some employees faced adverse immigration consequences. If they were found to have been cooperating with any investigations against the restaurant, so Mr. Gar the restaurant owner, and three other restaurant owners and operators are ordered to pay $140,000 in back wages and damages to 35 employees. The restaurant will also have to pay $50,000 in civil penalties. So this isn't the craziest thing I've ever heard I don't know what is I don't know much about Catholics but a confessional at the job is new to me so I'm assuming he pulled on these people's religious strings and then used their confessions against them that's crazy but would you even participate in a confessional at your job That, that, that don't make no sense to me like I said I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything but This is one crazy story, but this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following, and remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on my Facebook, my username there is Vivian B-M, and come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen, thank you as always to our loyal listeners, and thank you Pastor Seth. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. These are some interesting uh conversations to be had today. If you can help me, please. I missed some of your information. The teacher in Georgia who's going mm-hmm. to assist in the building of these you know, this home or these homes, you said they have to meet all financial obligations, must put in two hundred hours of sweat equity is that what you said Yeah. so they have to help with the building of their home okay and what did you say after that what else is the requirement that's uh, it those were the only requirements yeah they have to meet the financial criteria and they have to help build the home by putting in 200 hours of um, work okay okay thank you And the restaurant. Now, they have that the employees had the priest, um, the priest, you know, they hired the fake priest to hear the confessions. They found out that after the confessions, they stole money from the the employees. They denied overtime. They threatened them with immigration. And what else? Um... No, during the confessions, they would ask questions like, did you steal money? Were you late right. to work? Right. Things like that. And then during the investigation, they found out what the managers were doing, um, not right. not paying for overtime, taking money from the pit pool to pay themselves, and um, threatening to call immigration on any of the employees who, talked, who spoke up or... In, or who were involved in any investigations against the restaurant. Wow. Okay. All righty. (laughs) All right, now, the last part I need, please, is they must pay uh, 35 employees. Yes. They have to pay uh, back wages and damages to 35 employees, $140,000 plus $5,000 of civil penalties. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much, Vivian. Wow. You're welcome. Uh, I tell you, there's always news, always news. <laughs> Thank you so much. Please hang around as always as long as you can in case we have any uh, what do you call that? Questions, ha, huh? and clarification. Thank you so much. And if not, You're we welcome. pray you have a good day. Thank you. You as well. All right. Thank you. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Boy, do we have some stuff to talk about? Ah, uh, good morning, our lady Tamika. How are you this morning? Good morning and happy Wow Wednesday to you um, and to our listeners, uh, praying for our sisters in their current absence. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. How are you today? I am well. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well. I'm hanging on in there. I'm hanging on in there. Thank you. All right, my lady. Starting off with, you know, all of these deaths and injuries and things across, you know, the nation. Kind of touched on it on on Monday. And we've got this, you know, holiday weekend, not only for the, what do you call it, the, um, the, uh what do you call it, the holiday that we just celebrated? Juneteenth was Monday, but you have the holiday of the Father's Day celebrations where you've got all of these killings and shootings and, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, you can't get together anymore. And, you know, even these supposedly festive gatherings are turning to deadly ones. Are you still out and about at different gatherings and stuff? Are you going out with a bulletproof vest? What is happening here? The entire world, is it, it appears to be just coming unhinged. You know, people's dispositions are... Uh, crazy, you know, you get into a disagreement, you know, and and back in the day, you know, people would duke it out. You know, they had no problem fighting in the street. You know, now it's ending a life. You know, then nobody's thinking about, you know, somebody else's livelihood or, or what um when you when I extend this gun, you know, how many how many family members are affected, what children are affected. It's just I wanna take you completely out. You know, we've seen instances where you know, barbecues, baby showers, graduations, bar mitzvahs, just about anything now is just reason for people to die. Weddings, you know, it's just crazy at this point, you know. And, you know, I, I think, you know, not that I want it back, but at least when we had the pandemic, you didn't have as much things like that because people weren't coming out. Now that you let them out, they just all buck wild. And it's just anything that you want to do, anything goes. Anything you want to say, anything you want to do, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, this is this is crazy. You know, like you said, instead of everybody kind of getting together and enjoying one another, you know, we're fighting. And we're not, our fight is different than years ago. The fighting these days is pull out a gun and kill somebody. And there's no concern for life these days. And... You know, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Lady Tamika. You know, Shantice, good morning. You know, we're talking about, you know, there's no care for life, towards life, that you're about to end a life. Life means nothing to people. What do you see going on here? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. As Lady Tamika was talking, actually, it's kind of scary, too. What what popped in my head was, is the enemy using these holidays where he knows people is gathering? Is he trying to to use this as his opportunity to wipe out in droves? Because he knows there's the gathering. He knows there's going to be the drinking, the smoking of the weed, the hookah. And whatever, even cigarettes, you know. But especially when they're talking about the things that really alter your your state of mind and your demeanor, so on and so forth. He knows that it's going to be not only um, older people, but babies and children, and you know everything. And it was crazy because you know Monday we didn't go to anyone else's, you know, barbecue or anything. But you know, me and my niece, we walked. She did Diddy. She had to have Starbucks. Um, and on our way back home from Starbucks, I stopped at the park. You know, she kept wanting to go to the park, and I stayed there about 20 minutes with her. And I was like, okay, it's time to go. And I kind of felt a little bad. At the same time, it's it's really sad that, unfortunately, you have to be so aware and conscious of you know, what's going on, and even with how people are careless with their children, you know, everyone is not monitoring how their children are playing with other children and interacting with other children, so there could possibly be a conflict there, but as she was speaking, that that came to mind, like, is he trying to use this as an opportunity to, okay, well, I'm not going to just get you and you, I'm going to get you and you and the rest of your family and whoever else you call yourself going and hang out with on this day because it just seems like you you can't go anywhere now and just have a real peace of mind and eat a hamburger <laughs> it's just, it just always has to be something going on absolutely absolutely you know i do believe that that's he's using you know because those times because he can take more people out at the same time. You know, everything you read was, you know, groups of people scattering all over the place and, you know, groups of people dying and groups of people injured and things like that. And, you know, as, you know, we see there's no concern for quality of life. Nobody cares about the next person or the other group of people that are there. They just start shooting. And how many people are shot
0: um,
1: and injured? Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Pastor Charlene yeah. is going to join us in our rounds today. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the gatherings and, and how many, you know, people are dying and, and being injured at these gatherings. And in one weekend alone you know, across Detroit, across Chicago, there were so many um, casualties at one time. And, you know, why do you think people don't care, Pastor charlotte you know, about, you know, life anymore? They You know, like uh, Lady Tamika said, years ago, you know, people just fought and let the best man win. You may have walked off with a bloody nose or busted lip, but now it's like, we just killing people, you know. Good morning, how are you, Pastor Charlotte? Good morning, good morning. How is everyone today? Amen, amen. We're fine, thank you. You know, why do you good think morning. there's no there's no there's no care for life anymore? We're not fighting. We we just shooting and killing people. How did we get here? Yes, uh, when people just don't have no value of their life anymore, they just it, it. Nobody cares, and about, and nobody cares about, about nobody, but they don't care they don't about care themselves. themselves. You know, and it is sad where that you try to do a gathering, but you never know from people's mind, and people are bringing stuff over. You know, when they come you know, to the gathering, to okay, they got their plan. I'm going to get this one, that one. Oh, you know what? Matter of fact, I don't care who it is. You know, I'm just going to get whoever goes, and that's it. But the people don't have the value of their life anymore. And it's so sad because it's all about themselves and how I'm feeling. So everybody is walking with feelings, you know, and not walking walking with the love no more, you know, caring about your neighbors. Because back in the day, that was one of the biggest things that we did. We were all get together and, you know, and gather together and go to Aunt So-and-So, Big Mama So-and-So house, you know, for everybody to come there. That was the safe place, but it's not like that anymore. It's not like that. No. Because there is no more Big Mamas, you know. There is nobody that's teaching. You know, or showing how to love one another, regardless if we family or not. Because remember, back in the day, it was a whole village. You know, you were able to go from table to table, you know, go to whoever's house. So it's not like that anymore. And it's sad. No, no, no. And I, I agree with you. People don't care about their own life. So they don't value anybody else's life. And thus we have... All the you know, all of the murders, I also agree that we don't have a safe place to gather anymore because, like you said, you know, there are no more big mamas. You know, everybody, you know, you, you would value the opinion of the elder, you know. You would be afraid, you know, of, of threatening or talking in a certain manner around, you know, older people. And I saw an episode, of not episode. So we looked at a movie the other day, Grandma's House, and there was a scene where, you know, the the uh, a young man was living in her house. Three of his thuggish friends, who he used to hang out with, you know, approached him, and she stepped in, and they just pulled the gun right up in her face. It just didn't even matter. And it wasn't until, you know, she challenged them, you know, as she spoke about God and the power of, you know, of of God, and she didn't care, you know, what happened with her life. If they were going to shoot her, then shoot her. But, you know, it just, it, years ago, people wouldn't do anything like that. They wouldn't even consider doing anything like that. Well, also, grandmas, also held their themselves at a higher, you know, respect level also. So we don't even have that anymore, like you said, Pastor Charlotte. So now you, you go up in the club, you can't tell who Grandma is versus, you know, anyone else, and they party with their kids. So, you know, this is how we lose the quality of life, and everybody's life is, is equal. So since I don't care about mine, I don't care about yours either. Well, well, speaking of, you know, the frame of mind, you know, Vivian brought two very interesting um, issues up, and loneliness was the first one, and, you know, it's been designated as an epidemic now, and it's equivalent, they say, to smoking a dozen cigarettes. They're trying to, oh, I'm sorry, raise awareness, and, you know, they're saying that people are less engaged. Now, check this out. So now people used to go out all the time. Now we don't go out as much because look at what we just got finished talking. We just got finished talking about. But now they're saying that people are less engaged, you know, in church. They don't go to community events anymore. They don't, go to, they don't spend time with family. Well, look at why. This is one of the reasons why. And it's pushed people to, you know, become lonely because now they're kind of isolating themselves and the single household numbers have doubled. Well, look at the jail, the incarceration. Look at the the LGBTQ community. That's increased. And, of course, single households are going to increase as well when you've got those type of activities going on. They're saying the epidemic um, between 15 and 24-year-olds are extremely hard, and they're not spending as much time with friends the way they used to. And, you know, a time where we just come out of a quarantining, you know, now we're dealing with loneliness, and they're literally calling this an epidemic. Shantice, you know, what are we talking about here? 15- to 24-year-olds are having the hardest time. They're definitely definitely having the hardest time because those are the years where normally you're, starting to interact a lot of more, you really start to learn how to interact. Um, you know, these those are the years, 13 to 24, those are the years where you learn, you know, who you can talk to, who you can't talk to, stop talking too much if you're not talking enough, you know, who you're hanging around, if that's who's really for you. But again, what I'm hearing is God giving an opportunity for the young people 15 to 24, to really get to know him and not make the mistakes that a lot of us made between the ages of 15 and 24, that we're now living out the consequences in our later years. So, it's yeah, it feels lonely, um, but it's less opportunity for them to get into certain things because, yes, we know that we have to deal with our own minds, our own flesh, our own crazy thoughts. Uh, but a lot of what we do a lot of the times is because we're interacting with people who feed our own personal craziness, our own personal thoughts. And, you know, when the enemy tries to influence us, he doesn't really need you to be around other people to, you know, to try to influence you. But it's heightened when he can get you to be around other people, places and things that he know he can play with to try to influence. But you already show him he can have access to when it's just, you and him, so it's yeah, it's lonely at times, but this is definitely, definitely a time where God is like, Okay, use this time to be selective, you know, about who you're with. Because again, if God really wants to shut everything down, like you said, of stuff, we just came out of quarantine, so but to be very selective, you know, so if it's time, if God is saying, Still stay in the house more. Okay, but you shouldn't be inviting these type of people to so with to hang around, you know, whether it's in your house or you know this whole thing about especially the young people going to other people's houses and spending the night at other people' people's homes and so on and so forth. so like the enemy is trying to use opportunity to with him. us being around other people. God is trying to use this opportunity to kind of keep everyone isolated for a certain amount of time during a day or week so that he can feed into everyone and teach everyone how to be around other people. That's what I'm hearing. All righty, all righty. Very interesting. Very interesting. Pastor Charlene, you know, we're talking about loneliness, and they're saying that this is an epidemic now, and people are not engaging in church anymore or as much in, in community organizations and events anymore as much, uh, family as much, they're not interacting with family, and 15 to 24-year-olds, excuse me, are getting it the hardest, are feeling it the hardest. And why do you think this is going on? Um, can you hear static on your end through my phone? Because all I'm hearing is static. I have just say my name. I got this new phone, so I need y'all to help me with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. well, I'm, unfortunately, oh, I'm not I'm not getting any static uh, You're coming through loud and clear But did okay. you hear anything I said? I'm hearing pieces of what you're saying What I'm going to do as you go to the to Lady Tamika I'm going to shut my phone off and reboost it And hopefully I get I I don't even know if you can hear me But I'm hearing a whole bunch of static All right, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to come back. Thank you. All right, Lady Tamika, you know, why do you think, you know, this is going on, especially with our 15 to 24-year-olds? I think it's a combination of things. Um, the cohesiveness of the family dynamics has broken down, um, Family members get into these disagreements and you're not talking to Aunt Sally Sue and, you know, uh, you know, Uncle Rufus, you're not talking to them. But they help keep the structure of the family together. You know, they were the ones that when the family union transpired, you know, you, you came, you know, people came from near and far. So you decided that, you know, I'm not talking to them, you know, and, and that also means that when the family gathers together, you're not coming. You know, so who is, we often talk about the village that there to raise the children. So now that you've disconnected yourself or for whatever reason, you you guys are not talking. Now you don't have the structure that you have. You have, you know, somebody out in the street or a neighbor or, or you know, a friend that may be wayward that is now raising your children. The other thing, you know, Big Mama, um, pray for your children. You know, you, you think that just coming to the gathering was just one thing. You just go in and eat and barbecue. No, there was a cohesiveness. There was a, hey, you know, how is little Johnny doing at school? How is Sally? You know, you know, I remember back in the day they would hand, you know, you a $20 bill or they give you an envelope. And then when you get home, they tell you not to open it until you get home. You get home and you have enough money to pay bills. You know, that cohesiveness or concern about somebody else is no longer there. It's me, mine, and my household. You know, and we got these little bur- bubbles in our own lives that don't uh, connect with anybody else. You bump my bubble and then instead of it being a bigger bubble, it's my bubble and your bubble. You can't talk to my child. I can't talk to your child, you know, and, and the fact of, I remember when we went down to gatherings for family, the close, the culmination of everything was the church. You know, so even if you didn't go to church when you were home, oh, you better respect it when you get there, you know, because after that, you know, and and grandma used to sweeten the deal because she would have all kinds of delicacies. Whatever it was that you ate, she had it out there. You know, if it was just dessert, she had it. If it was fried chicken, she had it. Whatever it was that you ate, and we were different cousins and we ate all different types of things. And when I tell you, it was laid out. I mean, who does spaghetti and fish and chicken and macaroni and you know all types of pies and pizza, and, pizza and and chicken and fish don't go together. But if you wanted it. She had it at that table. And, and the thing was, if you went to church and you stayed throughout service and you stayed awake, afterwards you had the delicacy of what it was that you wanted. So we neglect those things, but those things are so crucial. And even now in my older age, I miss those things. You know, do I consider myself lonely? No. But I guarantee you there are some that recognize the loss. You know, Big Mama's not there, and the, the family dynamics has broken down and shifted. And unfortunately, the only time we reach out to one another is during a funeral, every now and then, a wedding, possibly a baby Mm -hmm. shower – maybe a birthday celebration. We don't even send cards anymore. You know, you send a, a quick text, happy birthday. I would really like for you to call me. I'd like to hear your voice. I want to know what's going on, you know, and so we don't do that anymore. Everything is a text message. Everything is, you know, I, I, now I, I want to say that I do appreciate a text message, so I don't, don't get me wrong. However, every now and then, just to be able to stop what you're doing and say, hey, how you doing, it means so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Amen to that. Uh, Pastor Charlotte, can you hear us now? Okay, it's, it's not staticky as much, but it is. I'm going to work on it as we go through. But I can oh, hear you right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, what do you have to say about this loneliness and, and the, the young people ages 15 through 24 are getting hit the hardest with loneliness? because they they so busy of the value of not being together. I think that that's a lot. A lot of our children are growing up and just being in front of the television and they're not, they don't have the people skills. They don't, you know, they're not around people. And as time goes on, you know, you fall into a place that they just don't even understand why, how, and when they got there you know, and we're back to where most of us grew up and, like, we're cousins, right? And you think thinking your cousins is your siblings because we grew up like that. We grew up in, in family gatherings and where that nowadays people don't do that, you know. And once again, it was always... I, especially holidays, right? Holidays, you were they would take turns and going to different places, and with that, our children when they go, that in a corner just playing with their phone. So it's like, come on over here. You know, we didn't have well, we didn't have phones back then, right? So you had no choice but to play. And I think that that isolation. Is where it's in with a lot of people, not just in that age, grownups as well. You know, being isolated, being just by yourself, and where that we don't go and check on each other and spend time, not just do a a, a drive by. You know, hell oh, yeah, I I saw you, okay, and I'm going in the next two minutes. You know, and so we don't have that value of that family time, family conversation like um, Lady Tamika was saying, of uh, picking up that phone. You know, everything is quick, a, a quick text. You know, um, I know that they sitting next to each other and they're texting each other. <laughs> you know, but why are you not holding a conversation?
0: Right. Soon you right. you're not
1: going to be able to know how to say hello. You know what I right. You're texting right. from room to room. You know what I mean? When are you going to say hello? You text me good morning. We're sitting at the table eating, right? You know, so I seen that, and I think that that's where a lot of that value um, has went away, and we think that it's okay, you know. And um, I was watching the uh, the man, um, what's her name, Tamla uh, Man, and then they do like this dinner thing. And everybody have a bowl they put on the table, and everybody has to turn their phones off and put it in a bowl because it's their family time. No interruptions. Can't nobody answer their phone, you know, and I say, and that's a blessing because a lot of times people come in with their phones, their laptops, you know, and everything is there, and we're sitting. So you're missing out on uh, the um things that we grew up with right because back then you know they will give you stories they will tell you about your family history you know and now you found out oh that's not my cut i mean that's not my sister that's my cousin but you wouldn't have known that because we all was in a group together you know so i think that that's where a lot of times that people fall into that place you know because they of the lack of communication the lack of Come to each other's homes And spending Absolutely. time Absolutely Absolutely You ladies have really Really called out You know what the real big problems are That we're facing you Really brought up some really essential um, uh, Points And you know uh, Vivian's next point was anxiety And depression And it's the same thing you all just got finished saying, and excuse me, and that's how you end up in the other issue of anxiety and depression for the same exact reasons you ladies just got finished um, talking about. And you know, Vivian asks, you know, is it the man or is this a valid concern? And you all have just answered that. You know, the man ain't got nothing to do with this. The man has nothing to do with this, but I'll, I'll put that in my closing. But you all just thoroughly, in all your dissertations, <laughs> you know, you all really just end with, went right into, you know, whether this was valid or whether this was something that, you know, somebody's making up and it's just a figment of our imagination. So, I well, like I said, I'll address that in in my closing. You know, okay, so we have this teacher in Georgia who is a part of this new Affordable Housing American Rescue Plan Act and someone is donating or however they're putting it together six lots and $500,000 for service workers and you must meet all of the financial obligations and you must put in 200 hours of what they're calling sweat equity. Now, this makes a lot of sense because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the migrants. You know, let them help build, you know, where they're going to live or the community. Let them help build, you know, those gated communities or whatever, you know, um, housing that will accommodate their needs. And, you know, I think this is a great um a plan and Vivian brought out a really good point and her point was if you have a vested interest, in other words, if your hands went into building this place, you're not gonna treat it like the projects. You're not gonna treat it like the hood. You're going to have a valued stake because you help put those bricks in order. You help put that plumbing in. You help, you know, put that sink in you helped to put that that door or window in and now this is yours because you helped to put it in do you think that'll help Do you think it's a good thing um, you know how dare they ask someone to you know that you have to meet the financial criteria as well as put in time to build you know this this uh, community if you will, Uh, what do you think, Pastor Charlene? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that Um, then they will know the value of 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 keeping keeping not only where you live at in your your community, community, but even within yourself. You can walk around being proud that I did that. I helped build that, even if I put three blocks on it. Or I, you know, or I held up um, when somebody um, when else somebody was, was nailing. nailing. Or, you know, I've always said, um, even going back, because we always got to go back, even going back, remember in the um, in the project, because, you know, I came from there too, back in the project where that they used to have um, security, but they didn't call it that. I forgot what they called it. Something watch. Right, right, right. And the right, people right, in right, the right. building, right the people in the building yep made had their little tour. jackets on yep right <laughs> yep remember that yeah yes. and they walked and uh, they walked on every floor they knew who kid was who they knew who lived in the building who didn't you know so they took a lot of pride into taking care of the building you know and people who there was always um I remember they used to take turns on the floor and were mock not in their apartment, but, the you know, in on that floor. They would make sure there's no garbage, you know, that goes back to that. And so that being said, I think that it will. And then not only that be a process of that, then even if you take care of your building and you take care of your area right because they even had the one not only in the building but walk the the um walk all the way around the block as well make sure the grounds was clean you know i think that people will feel one feel better about yourself because now you're not going to let little little johnny come in you know what i mean and tear up the place because now we're going to all approach your mama Right. So I right. think that it's a great idea because it'll get you involved. Not only that, they have, you know, like over here where I'm at now, a lot of things have changed. They have the children who want to, that live here. They even made a little ground where that they are able to grow different um, vegetables right. and stuff
0: in, like that. Yeah.
1: You know, so that being said is where that, that's a great idea of the people who are going to be in that area, and especially those that don't work. Now you've got a little job. Something to do to keep your mind right. So I say yes. All righty, all righty. Uh, again, such pl- I mean, powerful points. Uh, you ladies are really, really going deep today. Y'all figure we're gonna make this short episode quality. Uh, Lady Tamika, you know they, you know they they're saying, listen, you got to meet the financial cri- criteria. You've got to put in tw- two hundred sweat equity hours. And you know, do you think it's a great thing? Do you think it's something that? You know, you shouldn't have to ask people to have to qualify as well as work. What's your thought? No, I, I think it's, a, it, it, it's really important. I think about, you know, just anything that you have possession. I remember, um, you know, being a child, you don't appreciate, you know, things. Like, you know, when, when everything's bought for you, you know, mom buys you a sweater, a outfit, or whatever, you know, you take it and you throw it on the floor, you know. Or, you know, when you're younger, toys, you don't appreciate putting them in the box. They have to tell you to put them in the box. As you get older and you start, you know, getting a job and having to pay things and, you know, oh, that, that jacket is no longer thrown on the floor. You know, even something now as simple as groceries, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh, I don't want to throw it in the trash. You know, now it's like, oh, wait a minute. If I get rid of this or if I throw this away or I let it go back, you know, then I don't have anything. Anything that you put money, sweat, tears. Time, effort in, you appreciate it more. You know when you realize that that jacket that you wanted it took you a couple of checks to get, you notice that you don't really like fling it. You really pay attention to that. Same thing with you know a place that you're your, your working environment, your living environment. You know you, you you you're concerned about what it looks like, what the presentation looks like. Somebody standing outside the property. You know. Um, and they just dump their trash, you know, you start getting emotional about that. You know, people that come by and let their dog just poop in your property, you start getting, you know, hey, wait, you get defensive about it. You take ownership more when you've done the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears, you know, and, you know, we've often talked about property ownership. When you own that thing, you know, and it's got your name, in it, name on it, you, it makes a difference you know and you do everything that you possibly can to maintain that even something as simple as oh you see that brick right there look like a little smudge you know i broke my nail there you know there's a little blood smudge there from where i work you know, or, or the cement on that particular side, it's a little crooked. You know, I, I did that. You know, you, you have a little bit more pride. You shine brighter when you say, Oh, I had a part, I had a hand in that. And so it makes a difference. Everything that's done to the property now, you, you have a vital impact. You know, if they say they're going to do something, you know, something strange, like I'll give you a prime example. I live in an apartment. Uh, in in Virginia, and they were talking about putting tiki torches outside, and they also were talking about buying palm trees. Now, anybody that knows the, the the weather in Virginia, a palm tree can't survive because it's never hot enough. We have cold, cold winters, and a palm tree wouldn't wouldn't survive, you know. And so, because I was a part of that, I started inquiring. Hey, what, what do we need tiki torches? That, that might be cute, but it's not helping anything. A palm tree automatically is gonna die, you know, and there was a couple of people that you know fought it, and they said, "Oh, well, it'll look cute." Well, within three three years, the palm tree literally it it imploded on itself and it died. You know, so my thing is when you are paying, because I was paying rent, you know, that's something important to me. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to buy something that you know is not going to be fruitful for the living place. And so I think the same thing. When you have put in vital energy. Blood, sweat, tears—you're not laying there watching it happen. You get really defensive about things, and you start becoming protective because it is yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, uh, Shanties—you know, should they ask people to literally help build, you know, these put these buildings together? Why can't they just go there to live? I think it's a great idea in the aspect of when you make a certain type of investment in something, your mentality towards it is different. So like they just put up new buildings near us. And I noticed, I think this past December, I was like, oh wow, you know, it's Christmas time and you know, we don't celebrate, but you know, you're so used to just seeing all the decorations and I noticed that in one of the buildings, there was not one string of lights or anything in the windows. And these are some tall buildings that they're putting. In one of the buildings, there's a Chipotle on the ground level. And then all the apartments are built on top. And it was like, yeah, it's probably one of the rules. One of the rules to maintain that you keep the appearance and the integrity of the building a certain level. Because... You know, if we start letting you do this to the windows, then you might end up doing this, and it'll be March and you still got Christmas lights up, or it'll be the 4th of July, you still got Christmas <laughs> lights up, and oh, And this is like, well, you're just saving this for the next Christmas? Like, I don't know. But it definitely puts your mind in a different mindset. And unfortunately, even if you can afford to be in these buildings, you know, and I do understand that a lot of the property owners a lot of the times, you know, the rent can be based on, you know, how they're trying to wean out certain types of people. Very understandable. Unfortunately, even with those who can't afford it, there's still some of them still sit through the cracks and they're ignorant and, you know, they'll leave bottles by the elevator and, you know, all, all this so on and so forth. So it'll definitely help to change how you view it because it's like if I had to come here and build and nail this to that and paint this and that or plaster or cement so and so you ain't trying to mess it up you know you even if you're if they said okay so you're in charge of maintenance you know or you're on the maintenance committee and you have to now mop or wax the lobby floors you know it there's a real difference in how you treat where you live when you're the one who's physically doing or physically assisting absolutely absolutely, boy, like I said, you ladies are really putting it out there today thank you, thank you, thank you amen amen and and amen to our comments to our comments, well, speaking of amen ha <laughs> ha the job says, hey. We need a priest. We need a priest to come in and offer, you know, uh, we're going to present an opportunity to confess your sins uh, to a priest and, you know, get it out, purge, you know, let us know some things, get it off your chest. And uh, they found out that these were fake priests and They were not, you know, taking these confessions seriously, but in actuality, they kind of flipped the confessions on the people and used it against them. As Vivian said, they ended up stealing, you know, from the tip pool, the employers ended up taking from the tip pool, They denied overtime pay. They threatened people with immigration. I mean, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. And, you know, the integrity level of the job, you know, of this employer was really in the the doghouse. And he's paying for it now. She's paying for it now. They're paying for it now, whatever. So they must pay. 35 employees back wages and damages and they have to pay thousands of dollars in penalties. You know, what? <sighs> Integrity, people getting lonely. Well, why go to a job where you think they're helping you and now they're flipping the script on you and they're using what you say against you. And, you know, not only did you, you know, encourage the people to confess, but you had them confess. To someone who wasn't even a priest, so now you're playing with people, you're playing with people's emotions, you're playing with people's minds, you know just just tell me what you think about this one, yeah, lady Tamika, what in the world like <laughs> man and his devices. They keep coming up with weirder, weirder and stranger and stranger and not really helping anybody, you know. What was the whole purpose of Jesus coming, dying, raising, you know, um, for you to keep talking <laughs> to a man, you know, about or a supposed, you know, priest about your sins and, and you know, that that's not uh the essence of your workplace. Your workplace is to get the job done, whatever that is. You know, and You targeted these people who obviously didn't know any better, you know, and felt that they had to be holding and had to verbalize that, you know, um, anyone who knew better would have, you know, automatically, well, one of the things they would have either verbalized um, and could have lost their job, you know, and then as you can see, ultimately get back compensated for the craziness that you decided You know, um, taking or or keeping, taking people's tips and, you know, um, I don't work these eight hours overtime thinking that, you know, I'm going to get my money. And then at the very end, you say that I don't even get my tips, you know, and and for some workplaces, um, the tips is how you survive. You know, the regular paycheck is, you know, just paying bills, you know, and then that tip is what takes you over, what helps you to be able to make it, you know. And so for you to do that, how dare you? You know, you're not even a right, you're not even a priest. You know, this this is just chaos, you know, in the making. And, you know, I'm glad that these people are getting their money back because the things that they're doing to these people is unheard of. And, you know, again, you just keep coming up with crazier and crazier things to affect people's lives and why. Absolutely, absolutely. What's the point of this garbage here? Oh, uh, Shanties. Fake priests? We going that far. <sighs> you know, Pastor <laughs> Pastor Seth just reminds me of a movie we were watching the other day last week. And the guy was like, You can take my car, slap my mama, steal my jewelry. Don't mess my money
0: don't mess, you know,
1: it's, it's putting me in the mind of People choosing to listen to everyone but God they're so quick to oh so and so is able to say this so and so is able to do that so and so is able you know you can go to so and so and say this and do because even if the priests weren't real i mean I'm sorry weren't fake you know all of this confiding in man and you have to ask yourself. Are you willing to do that with God? Because God is the one who blesses you with the discernment as to who you should talk to here on earth. And you're going to man to do the things that only God can do. Only God can forgive your sins. Only God can give you that type of guidance. Only God can tell your pastor what to say to you. You know, so yes, we have pastors here because 90% of the time, God has to flow to us through Jesus and through our pastor, you know, because half the time, we ain't paying God no mind, so he can't talk to us directly, but all of this, you, you know, confiding and willing to pour into someone else, and while you're pouring into them, they're shaking y'all piggy banks and taking y'all money, and it's just like, oh. you know, pe- people using this as a gimmick, which is biblical as well, you know, using God's word as a gimmick for their personal gain, whether it's financial, emotional, whatever, or popularity or whatever. And it's it's just really sad because, so like, I wonder how many of them, you know, if they've ever, you know, been to church, if they've ever... You know, started their own relationship with God, or heard that they should, or whatever. But they just heard like, oh, a priest is coming to the job, and then it's like, oh, oh, okay, well now I can do this, now I can do that. So, cause I, I can be working in a restaurant, and I hear, oh, a, pr- a priest is coming for what? He coming to sit at my table? Does he tip? Cause if he doesn't, don't sit with me. Does he know I, I couldn't, you know, because there, there's no there's no time for me to, what, what time, did this happen before the shift started? Did this happen after the shift? You know, like, at what point do we have, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, so now they trying to be like the hospitals and, and the jails where you have, like, the church part of the facility, and now you're here. It's, it's just, so it, that that didn't even sound like right. I'm. I'm trying to put myself in the position of being an employee and hearing that a piece is coming here. Okay, so what's the the point? And I'm sitting here to do what? And then to find out that they're just robbing us. Oh my goodness. Yep, all the beans spilled out the bag when you tried to dupe the people. Now you're exposed. Pastor Charlene, you know, you were at your job and you heard a a priest was coming in there and, you know, some people you play on their emotions and unfortunately because of that people fall right on into, you know, I don't go to church, so this is my chance to, you know, get involved, you know, if I if I, you know, confess then you know I'm gonna be absolved of, of, you know, any sins and so forth and so on. You know, what do you think about these employers not only putting a a priest in the place to to for the restaurant workers to confess, but they were fake. They weren't even real. Well, when we just seeking for anything to make us feel good, you fall for all kinds of things. All right. So confess to one another. That means that we are able to talk to one another where that they put uh, put someone with a a title. See, a a lot of times people look at the title title that came. They'll say pastor. They'll say evangelist. evangelist. Oh, I can go talk. go talk talk to them instead of knowing instead who of this, knowing person this person really is. is. But the only person the only that's going person to help you within any situation is, is Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one that the you need that to confide, confide in, in and be able, able, able to help you help in whatever situation, whatever situation that, you that you have. When we pour, when we pour, out, to pour people, out to people, people will take people that and use it against you. <laughs> in more ways in than, more than, one, way than right? one, right? So my first thought so was, who family member was this Where they get this money and they give this
0: gracious! Uh, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So that was my okay. thought at first, that's you know, so um, because, because, because for me to say, say, yes, you can yes, come, you come in, you're going to give me something. Because everybody's not there. For the same reason, so you already know that the people are looking for love, support, um, someone to talk to, you know. So you're taking all of these things and using it. So money is always involved. So now that it blew up, because how did it blow up? Because somebody got mad from the from the one that you thought you can trust. It got leaked mm-hmm. out to somebody. Cause that's the only way that you'll find out. So you didn't yeah. give me that hundred dollars. You gave me ten dollars. Well, guess what? I'm telling. You. <laughs> it's just that's. What enough tips to go around? Right. You know. And now where do you leave the people at? So now it's always a reason why people don't want to try to have the relationship. With Jesus for themselves Because this goes into that Hurt place now You hurt me So now every priest I see I'm hurt Every pastor I see I'm hurt So that's where all of that starts to build Because I trust you Right And then it goes into where That even in relationships You know where Someone came up against you now it's hard for me to trust women. Now it's hard for me to trust men. Because we put all of your eggs in women. I remember my grandma used to say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but we get to that place, you know, and where that I'm trusting you. How can you do this to me? And not knowing the word for yourself, not knowing to have that relationship because you know what? Come on, you got a problem. Come on. Come on over here and talk to so um Rabbi so and so. Pastor so and so. You know, so there we take it and we put everything over there and it's looking at the people of their title instead of knowing that they just fleshly as we are. And that's Absolutely. The <laughs> Absolutely. You know. Well, you know, I, I I really thought about the same thing you just touched on, Pastor Charlene, as well as the other ladies. But like you said, you know, here you are thinking that you are going to someone who's holy, only to find out that they're just equal to who you are. They're thieves and liars just like you are. The same things you were confessing, they need to be confessing to God about. So, you know, it, <laughs> boy, I tell you, you know, it is an amazing thing what people do. It, the people are coming up with all kinds of things. Ladies, you've done a phenomenal job. Really, in my opinion, digging very deep into these situations that we've uh, talked about today. Uh, Vivian hit the nail on the head with a lot of stuff in these few in these few, um, in these few uh, articles that she brought to us today. And we give God thanks for um, your contribution um, today. And we are about to pray. Uh, we're going to lift up, um, again, for those of you who did not, you know, hear, um, you know, Eldon Aitisha, her sister, has taken really, really ill, um, and she's asking for prayer, and our Minister Michelle, um, she's recovering, but she had a doctor's appointment today, so we definitely want to lift up, um, Them As well as this loneliness and anxiety and depression issue, you know, to the Lord. So let us go before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God of all mankind, our great creator, the amazing and wonderful God you are, we thank you. Thank you so much for just being consistent, consistently loving us in a special way, consistently caring for us. In a special way, although we may not understand how you're moving at all times, we thank you, because we understand that you're not like us, that your ways are higher than our ways, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and we, we come to you this morning, dear Heavenly Father, on behalf of our Minister Michelle, on behalf of Elder Natisha's sister, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you, God, to just cover their bodies. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how, you know, um, severe um, Elder Natisha's sister's illness is. But as of um, the other day, she was in ICU. And if Elder Natisha did not pray this morning, if Elder Natisha is in that hospital, then we know that the, that the turn must have been really serious. So, God, we're asking you to be at that hospital. Be with Elder and I, dear Heavenly Father, because we know that she's a praying woman, God. We know, God, that she knows who you are. We know, the Heavenly Father, that if she, you know, has an ability to witness, that she's going to take that opportunity to do so, the Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we don't know how conscious her sister is. We don't know how much she can take in, the Heavenly Father, but we know that you're there, we know that you know exactly what level of illness, you know, what level of illness is, dear Heavenly Father. We know, God, if she, you know if she's going to come back. We know that you know if she comes back what the condition will be, dear Heavenly Father. But we pray that she knows you. We pray that she has been introduced to you properly. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that she's accepted you as, as the lead of her life, that your son is now the king in her life, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, that if her ears are working and she can hear what's going on around her, dear Heavenly Father, that she hears the prayer that's taking place, that she hears this prayer in, in her spirit, dear Heavenly Father, that she knows that somebody is standing in the gap for her God. Lord, we're asking you to just continue to help Minister Michelle and and, and her body to get back into you know a, a better state, a more perfected state. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that her doctor's appointment, God, is 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 productive. Will help her understand exactly what she's need what she needs to do. Another woman who's been introduced to you, dear Heavenly Father, another woman who speaks. About you, the Heavenly Father. Another woman who tells others about you, God, will let her have that same confidence in who you are in her body who you are, to her life, dear Heavenly Father, and even her being at the the doctor, the Heavenly Father, instead of ministering here, that whatever little ministry you could even have her do there, dear the Heavenly Father, we thank you, and that she feels that we love her and that we miss her and that we're with her, God. We're thanking you, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you have done in these two lives that we don't even know. How they may have, should have been worse but your staying hand is upon them, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're going to lift up this due time crew before you, dear Heavenly Father, that they will continue to seek you first so that everything they do would be uh, perfected, that even their best attempts would be heightened, that they don't even realize the impact that they have on people, God, that they would want to... Salute you accordingly That they would want to make sure That they are living according to your word Your word says My sheep hear my voice And Lord we're giving you thanks For the ministering that took place Here this morning God Really really giving thought As to what's going on And what we need to do And how we need to think of things We thank you dear Heavenly Father We thank you God for all of our listeners We thank you dear Heavenly Father That they are consistent. We thank you, God, for the ones who dropped by for one episode, that they would hear something that would make them think and, and be drawn to you, that it wouldn't be something that they just brush off as pastime. We're giving you thanks to Heavenly Father that you pay the bills so that they can hear, so that they can uh, be a, a recipient. Of your word That they would allow you to invest in them Each and every morning We're lifting up all these individuals Dear Heavenly Father Who are going through this loneliness The anxiety and the depression Dear God You know committing suicide Is the thing to do And we're asking you Dear Heavenly Father to deliver them That they were not uh, Brought all the way To this point for them to feel like their life is not worth living. That as long as you, your son, exists, it's worth living because it can always get better, God. We pray that somebody goes by their house, somebody passes them at a bus stop, someone sees them in a grocery store, God, and just whatever it is, that conversation would ensue. And they can get an introduction. As to who you are. The Heavenly Father. We're thanking you. For those opportunities. That came by our path. That helped us to get to where we are. So we ask you God. To just dis- dispatch your people all over the place. That your people would be ready. Willing and able to just stand up. And not uh, be quiet. When they're waiting for the train. That when you give them that that, that, that uh, movement, that they take that opportunity, that they won't feel it. They won't feel the leading of the Lord to, and the nudging that says, speak to him, speak to her. But yet we back up and try to think of reasons why we don't want to. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that your people are raised up so that they can help. We can help everyone see the value in their life. That sometimes someone pointing out that one little thing helps to change and shift and make that trajectory just even greater. How they now want to see who you are. They want to hear who you are. I thank you, God, for just coming into our life. That we would bless your name at every opportunity we, we have That we won't forget to say thank you. That we won't forget that you were the one who brought us out. That we won't forget that if it weren't for you, we wouldn't even be here. We thank you, God, for the things that you do that we have no concept of. In the precious name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor. So rightly do your name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mm, So I'm listening to the ladies Talk About this loneliness And How we're not connecting Anymore The way we used to and, And times are not The way they were And we're not gathering The way they were And you know Vivian's article says that You know People are not connecting With the church And family The way they used to And um, different organizations and, and you know Community Things and I really See how That is Absolutely true Between especially Between the ages of 15 and 24 They're being hit hardest well One of the reasons why they're being Hit hardest is because They they're in the grind. They're on their grind. However, you know, they're want they they worried about the money. They want to make money. You have the 15-year-olds who want to make money. They don't think about going to school. They don't think about their education. They don't really think about their future. They want money. They need money right now, right now, right now. And as I was listening, it just made me think about some things that, you know, we had when we were growing up, like, You know, like the lady said, you know, we we didn't have phones. We learned to get along, and we learned to spend time, and we were taught to spend time. We were taught that family time was valuable. And, you know, I want to publicly say something. You know, my daughter, my youngest daughter, got into a car accident, and she shattered her knee, and... She had, She was upstate, <laughs> upstate, away from this home. Well, I told her to reach out. You all hear me talk about Auntie Pam and Auntie Brenda, and you know, as she called them, from what I understand, while she was on the phone, you know, there was another phone call being made to the fa- to family. Well, listen, you know, Tamaje's up here. She's at this particular hospital. Blah blah blah. And before Tamaje knew it, family was sitting in the hospital, and I I publicly, you know, this has been one absolutely crazy week, so I have not had the chance, it's my intent, to call, but, you know, while I have the breath right now, I want to say thank you, because this is exactly what the ladies were talking about today. Family is not family anymore. Family values are not family values anymore. And we're talking about the 15 to 24 years old. Well, that's where she is. She's 24. And still, these are her great aunts. This is these are not even aunts. She has her aunt over here going, you know, buck wild with a million questions, and she's got her great aunts. So that shows what the ladies were saying about your 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 ancestors, your history. You know, ancestors who are no longer here, your family is no longer here taught the great aunts about family, and now the great aunts taught me about family and i taught my girls about family but even without me doing anything great aunts are still in movement they're still functioning the way they always have it's it was never great auntie brenda it was always auntie brenda auntie pam you know and that's what family is about and that's what this. 15 to 24 age group is missing right now. They're missing the great grandmas like Pastor uh, Charlotte said, the big mamas. And, you know, they're missing these things. And I I give God thanks that, you know, even in older age, you know, they, they can make a phone call, the phone call was made, and family was there. And ironically, we talked about, Pastor Charlotte talked about the family, where you were so close that it was like brothers. and said, so That's who showed up at the hospital. My cousin didn't show up at the hospital. My brother showed up at the hospital. And this is what we need to teach our children. This is what we need to teach our grandchildren. I think it was yesterday I said, we're gonna have to go past our children in a sense because they, they, they have a one-track mind, but we've got to grab our grandchildren, and help to teach them about family. We have to teach them about connection. We have to teach them about how, uh, what, what, what is loyalty? What is commitment? What is dedication? What is being there all about? And in, in my closing today, I, I'm going to tell you a quick story because this was really interesting to me. You know, I have, a, I always tell you, I have a young congregation. And they have always, from the moment we started, or 11 years ago in a few weeks, wow, they never went home. After service, you know, we have fellowship lunch, but they never would go home. They never would leave. I remember so many times I would go upstairs and go, okay, talk to y'all later, and they would be just enjoying one another. We I have so many videos of the whole upstairs being jam packed with kids after church. Now they could have gone to the movies, they could have gone partying, they could have gone to be with friends, but they stayed here. Again, they didn't stay for Pastor Steph. They stayed because they enjoyed the company of one another. And we're talking about Loneliness. We're talking about anxiety and depression. This is what we're talking about. And the other, you know, for the past few weeks, it's been really, really interesting because when I'm at the church and you know I'm saying, okay, see y'all later, and I'm hugging everybody, and you know I gotta go back home because you know gotta do whatever. You know, they're looking around, they're like, whoa, you, you're not going back to the house, and they're, oh, you know, oh yeah, I'm going back to the house, and they come back here on their own. I don't invite them. I don't see, you know, every once in a while I'll say, all right, can we come together? Can we, you know, can y'all come back to the house? Can we do this? Can We need to do this. We need to do it. But they come back here on their own and we will look at movies together. Um, well, Kenny and I are normally sleeping, but we look at, you know, they'll look at movies together uh, with chatting. There's been opportunities where we could talk to the children as a group where we're all kind of in a council session, this is what the article said, that church is not church anymore. Well, church is supposed to operate in a much uh, more expanded. Church needs to be expanded now. Long gone the days that you just sing some hymns, throw the collection plate out there for the people to put their money in, And, you know, read the Bible and walk off and hear your sermon. You need to connect with one another. And this is urgent. Our 15 to 24-year-olds are dying. And I always say to y'all, death, physical death, sometimes would be a blessing, opposed to walking around in prison, opposed to being a part of the walking dead. 15 to 24. I want you to go back and remember when you were 15 and 24. That was a prime time you spent with your friends and having a good time and enjoying And You know, y'all went out. And even when we go out here, we go out together. We go to the movies. We got pictures of all of us standing in one big elevator, crammed up. We were going or coming from the movies, going out to eat together. And I have to tell you that it's sad because I've actually had some new people come in, see this dynamic, and they don't like it. They think it's weird. They think it's strange. You know what? Everybody just sits around. Nobody goes home. We've had people come in, and they've allowed outside people to drag them right on out of this house. Right on out of this family, right on out of the communication that they need, and what they don't realize is now that person was lonely. That person had nobody. So now you are along with that person who has nobody, and now here we are with an article that says our 15 to 24 years year olds are dying. They're committing suicide. But if the church were to expand more, if the people who you're supposed to be bringing into the church, if you would help them see how urgent it is that we share time together, something that you have enjoyed for decades or something that you may not have had before you got into that environment, you don't want to drag them, let them drag you out. You want to bring them in. That, 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 I don't care how many areas Vivian said that the 15 or 24-year-olds did not engage in the church and the family are the two things that make the difference in your life. Church and family which what which most times can be combined. And we have found in this church, from the inception of this church, that their church family has been stronger in their lives than their biological family. See, we had a double blessing because Auntie Brendan of Japan is who we spent church time with as well. So we got a double dosage of love, <laughs> but how many of our children can say that now? Fifteen to twenty-four. We need to keep them lifted in prayer, because if this is who our future is, this is what it's supposed to be like. If this is who our future is, we're putting our hands, we're putting, we're being put in their hands. How? You think it's bad now? Imagine, imagine a bunch of leaders with emotional problems, with mental problems, with no family connection, with no church connection. How are they leading this 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 earth? A bunch of people who don't know love, who don't know how to show love, who don't know how to interact, who spends time being lonely. Anxiety and depression is, is is a major part of their lives when God introduces you to that to that dynamic of love, grab onto it because it 's not by mistake don't look at it as though it's weird don't look at it as though you know i don't know what to do with that you know and i've had people tell me this. Many people over the course of this 11 years, I've had several people say, this is so weird. I'm not accustomed to this. And I say to you, does God make mistakes? Listen to yourself. You're not accustomed to this, which means that it's about that time. And God is now providing you with something that you can now handle that you've been in need of, but you didn't have the appreciation for it. But now is the time. So let's just encourage one another to be together. The ladies have said pick up the phone and call somebody. Let them know you're thinking about them. Let them know that you love them. Let you know that let them know that you miss them. Let them know that hey, We're gathering, and we think you would enjoy it. Meet us at the so-and-so. Come on, we're going to the such-and-such a place. Because you don't know whether they're going through that level of loneliness, anxiety, or depression. Because I'm going to tell you something, it's very easy to slide into that. But it is hard as hell to get up out of it. But listen to who we've been talking about. We serve a God that always sends out the lifeline. Always. Not sometimes. Not every once in a while. But always sends out the lifeline. And his name is Jesus. You be that lifeline. Because Jesus sent the spirit of the Lord here. He says, I need to return because you're going to receive a comforter, something that is going to be great in your life, that's operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. See, when I leave here, I can't do the same thing on earth that I can do once I leave here. See, I'm more powerful there than I am here because remember, as I'm operating as a man, if I can't put my hand on you, See, I can't be here as a man and help somebody in China the same way as though I can help you who I'm standing here looking in front of. But I'm going to send back something that's great. And that something great is in you. So how will God know or how will people know who God is if you have not shown them who God is? You don't suffer with loneliness and anxiety and depression to the point where you are on the brink of committing suicide. We're praying that you don't. Well, if you're listening to it, due time with Pastor Steph every day. There's no way in the world you could because by the time everybody gets finished ministering to you, when you hang up that phone, when you disconnect that device, you should be rejuvenated to go throughout the entire day. God says that everybody who listens to this broadcast will be healed. Not maybe, but will be healed. But they must be consistent, and they must listen to what they're told to do. So today, God has you hearing that the 15 through 24-year-olds, and they're not the only ones, but it's a peak there. Do you have a neighbor? Do you have a child? Do you have a niece or a nephew? Do you have a friend? Do you have someone in your church? Someone in your child's school, they need you. They need you right now. So make sure you walk in the way of the Lord, executing what the Spirit of the Lord is giving us to do you've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off. And I want to thank my Due Time crew who always comes through big time for us. Thank you for hanging out with us today. And remember, don't just be a hearer, be a doer of God's word. Please do not miss this opportunity right now to give your life to Christ. Please do not miss the opportunity right now to strengthen your relationship with the Lord because later is not promised to any of us. Please take the time today to reach out to someone. There's somebody on your mind. There's someone who crossed your mind, someone you dreamt about, someone who was mentioned to you in a casual conversation. Ah, follow the leading of the Lord and reach out to them. You might be that answer between life and death. God spares until tomorrow with Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.